My radio station, your radio station, our radio station, 91.3 FM and 95.8 FM stereo. Born to serve. My eyes see injustice, my hands work for change, my tongue sing the sorrow of my heart. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Welcome back, dear listeners of Radio Voice of the Cape 91.3 FM with your host Muhammad Sheikh. Alhamdulillah, this evening we have a very honored and distinguished guest all the way from the United States of America who, inshallah, will be inspiring us today with various aspects to do with leadership and to do with the focus being Women's Month as well as Muslim females as being the integral part of our history. So we welcome with us this evening Professor Majida Khan. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Thank you so much. Jazakallah khair. Thank Thank you so much for joining us this evening on Voice of the Cape, our program Born to Serve. Professor Majida, Perhaps if you could walk us through your journey growing up, were you genetically encoded with leadership or was it something which life experiences and circumstances contributed towards? Hmm. Mashallah, that's a good question. Uh, no, I, I believe that it's a bit of both. Um, there are, I believe that when it comes to leadership, inshallah, for, first of all, you know, when we really study our deen, mm-hmm. we learn that everybody is a leader. Or can be a leader in Absolutely. some way, shape, or form. Father, mother, um, you know, the siblings, everybody that makes up a household, a community, and of course the ummah. Um, I think first of all, yes, Allah calls upon us for leadership roles, but also you have to then um, answer that calling and take the opportunities that come your way. So mm-hmm. um, I think, of course, part of it is, um, much of it is Allah's command, Allah's will, but also um, our experiences, our upbringing. Um, I, I think a huge um, influence for me was uh, my upbringing. My, my parents always um, emphasized leadership. They always mm-hmm. emphasized going out and grabbing opportunities, having a real go-getter attitude. Um, and, and also, I think a, a huge influence has been growing up in the United States um, and the opportunities that I had through the educational experience here, because um, everything from our school life onward, it always emphasizes, you know, speaking up, speaking your mind, um, st- standing up for uh for, for for justice, standing up for a cause. Um, so I, I believe even early on in school, a lot of opportunities were um, facilitated for me that helped me to um, tap into the leadership potential mm. that I may have within me. Absolutely. Professor, you know, the title itself, somewhat intriguing, it's more linked to, I would think, the highest degree of tertiary acclaim. Perhaps uh, you could share with us what has inspired you most towards this feat? Um, towards peace education, you mean? Absolutely. Yes. Um, you know, a significant turning point for me, and I'm, I'm sure many Muslims across the globe and Muslim Americans, was September 11th, 2001. See, um, prior to that, though, I, I want to begin prior to that. My, I believe that my entire life, 
unintentionally was about dialogue and peace building because mm-hmm. I grew up in a diverse environment, surrounded mm-hmm. constantly surrounded by people of all different faiths, viewpoints, and cultures. So constantly um, having dialogue and building bridges became a way of life. It was the only way that I could survive if I wanted to make friendships, have relationships, and really um, live in harmony with those around me. So Mm -hmm. when September 11th happened, it was almost, you know, you whether we wanted or not, liked it or not, we had to get into peace building and peace education if we wanted to overcome the challenges that um, came with that event. Mm-hmm. Following your profile and uh, looking at the various wonderful initiatives that you have your your hands and heart uh, you know, fixed upon, one thing that's most recent, how Allah and America made you a peace builder. Reflect a little bit of uh, you know, your personal self towards peace, if you could. Yes. Um, yeah, that, that title in itself, I feel, really uh, explains in a nutshell how I came into the world of peace building and peace education. How Allah and America. The reason for this title is, in this day and age, many people don't automatically associate Islam with peace. You know, mm-hmm. unfortunately, the world we live in, yes, you, you hear Islam, you hear Allah, and you automatically think violence. Whereas for myself, and I'm sure for many Muslims growing up, Allah was synonymous with love. Mm-hmm. Allah was synonymous with peace. Allah was and is synonymous with um, with mercy, with all things that are beautiful and peaceful. So I, I wanted to make this point that it is Allah through his holy book, the Quran, and Allah through his messenger, Prophet Muhammad, that so peace be upon him, that taught me everything that I know and practice today about peace. You know, we are taught that when you are met with ignorance, when you are met with hate, you respond with peace. You know, mm-hmm. these are verses that my father raised me with way before 9-11 happened. And, you know, we had to begin using these verses in order to build bridges with others. <laughs> um, this was my upbringing, um, a, a, a verse from the Quran that played a central role in my life and it's a very important part of this um, TED talk that you mentioned is when Allah says in Surah Al-Hujrat O humankind I have created you in nations and tribes so that you may get to know each other Mm. not that you may hate each other Mm -hmm. so this is a clear example of divine diversity and a call for dialogue and peace building at least in the way that i see it Mm -hmm. so um i really wanted to take this message to the world that this is how allah taught me peace and the component of america comes in that i really believe that for me allah and america came together to give me um, this platform for peace building because in America, I and, and, not, and of course this is available in other parts of the world as well, mm-hmm. but referring to my situation, yes, America gave me the blessing to grow up in a diverse environment. Mm-hmm. So I am constantly getting the opportunity to practice this verse that Allah says of um, recognizing diversity as a sign of Allah. Also through um, the opportunities for civic participation and civic activism and freedom of expression, these opportunities that are available here actually helped me as a Muslim American and as a Muslim peace builder to um, stand up for what I believe in, to be Mm. able to build peace with the people around me. So 
basically the message is that to build peace, we need inspiration from our faith, but we also need opportunities and avenues from the nation that we live in. If your country can help to um, allow you to exercise freedom of expression, Mm -hmm. then it becomes easier as a peace builder. Absolutely. Brothers and sisters, listeners of Radio Voice for the Cape, inshallah, let us take a quick break, pay the bills, and when we come back, we will continue with the second segment of Born to Serve. Stay tuned. The Voice of the Cape, pioneering 20 years in Muslim radio. My radio station, your radio station, our radio station. Born to serve. My eyes see injustice, my hands work for change, my tongue sings the sorrow of my heart. The love of Allah combined with hope. Let's hold hands as we make a start. Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Welcome back, dear listeners of Radio Voice of the Cape 91.3 FM with your host, Muhammad Sheikh. We have a very honored and distinguished guest all the way from the United States of America, who, inshallah, will be inspiring us today with various aspects to do with leadership and to do with the focus being Women's Month as well as Muslim females as being the integral part of our history. Professor Majida Khan. Islamic history filled with absolutely beautiful lessons, lessons uh, which we take to heart and bring into our meaningful existence. Which of them inspires you to inspire others? Mm, mashallah, there are, there are so many. Um, I would say, uh, for me, one of my greatest inspirations, and I'm sure for many Muslim women, is mm-hmm. Hadrat Aisha, radiallahu anha. anha. Um, for many, many reasons, but one of the foremost reasons for me is her role as a scholar, mm-hmm. because it really emphasizes how important it is for, for any of us, men or women, if we want to make a difference, a positive difference for the ummah, for mm-hmm. humanity, for the world, educating ourselves is the first and foremost step. And she really exemplified that. I mean, she she was a scholar. She um, she she taught, you know, our, our ummah across the board. And she didn't just, for her, the emphasis was not just about pursuing and attaining knowledge. It was about practicing it. She embodied whatever she learned. Um, yes. And that, for me, is a great inspiration because, and not just her, all of the mothers of the believers, all of the wives of the prophet, each of them, because their knowledge of Islam was so strong, mm-hmm. that itself became a tool for their empowerment and their ability to build peace with the people around them. Mm-hmm. In life, many of us um, are okay with the the expression, you know, uh, life throws many curveballs to us, sometimes challenging, sometimes positive, and sometimes with a bit of mixed emotion. How do you... Um, accept these challenges in what you do towards living or towards bringing peace in the lives of people? Well, to be honest, 
It can be very difficult, first of all. Let's just all be honest about that. Building peace at any level is not easy, whether it's at, um, on the level of a household, family, marriage, or on the level of our ummah and humanity. So first off, I I try to take um, wisdom from the Quran and Sirah to realize that this work is not meant to be easy. It was not easy for the Rasul, who was the best of humankind. So definitely, it's not going to be easy for the rest of us. And what really helps me get through those hard times is honestly looking back at the life of Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, um, and, and looking at instances when he faced rejection, when he faced hatred, when he faced ignorance, how did he deal with it? How did he respond with it? And his consolation was from the Quran. You know, there there are surahs, many verses that emphasize, you know, that where Allah is telling the Rusul directly, do not grieve for what they say to you. You are here only to give the message, not to determine what their fate or their outcome will be. Actually, this message from the Quran and mm-hmm. Rasul's life, Salam peace be upon Salam. him, really helps me to get through those curveballs because every single time I go out there, uh, whether it's to teach a class or to provide a workshop or a presentation, I always tell myself my job is only to deliver the message of peace. Whether anyone agrees or not, accepts or not, changes or not, that is between that individual and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It, it is not in my hands. So um, really, I don't even put that burden on myself. I focus on trying to do best with the responsibility that Allah has given me. Absolutely. SubhanAllah. Inspiring indeed. Um, uh, perhaps drifting a little bit towards your area in the United States, you know, um, uh, we've known that uh, Professor is lecturing at the Kennesaw University, if I'm not mistaken. And mm-hmm. many of us have no clue back home in South Africa where Kennesaw is actually, um, you know, some biography perhaps. And maybe it's the good scenery that gives you this this fragrant air that, you know, promote peace. Um, enlighten us. Sure. Okay. So first of all, I live in the state of Georgia, which is um, at the south of the USA. Um, It's right above Florida. So we're we're right in the heart of the south. And um, in Georgia, there's a city called Kennesaw. And um, I teach at Kennesaw State University. It's a growing university, a public Mm -hmm. institution here in Georgia. And um, basically, this is in the suburbs. It's about 20 minutes away from the capital city of Atlanta. And And um, this city is very quintessentially Southern. I mean, we do have a diverse mix of people. Um, There are, you know, people of various faiths, but Mm -hmm. um, it is still very, very much Southern in terms of its hospitality, um, mindset, and and the attitudes. Um, Given that sort of circumstance, of course, we also have our set of challenges. Um, Being part of a liberal university, of course, there are many progressive and forward-thinking people. But we also um, in our city have have a lot of people who, you know, tend to be conservative or more traditional in their views. Um, Islamophobia is not uh, it's not maybe as huge of a challenge as it may be in other cities, but there, there there still is, we do still have our underlying challenges. For example, a year back, um, a we, we had a mosque that was trying to open up in the mm-hmm. Kennesaw area, and um, it, it faced a lot of backlash. A lot of, you know, protesters were out there, you know, afraid that the mosque would, you know, uh, impose Sharia law and the people surrounding them. And, you know, th- there are a lot of underlying fears such as this, mm-hmm. and that 
actually makes me realize how important it is for me to keep going with this work um, and to focus not just on Muslims, but really on people um, across all faiths, because that is the only way we'll be able to build bridges between us. And really, my message for the people in the city is that I am not here to um, preach or convert uh, anybody. That's mm -hmm. not my job. I'm here simply to build bridges so that we can all live in harmony amongst each other. Definitely. Harmony, something that we'd love to be, um, you know, enveloped in worldwide as a Muslim global ummah, um, you know, living up to the name of Islam, actually meaning peace. Professor Majida, 9-11 proved to be something of um, a world icon in many respects with many people having different views and uh, different narrations and things like that. Perhaps you could share with us, you know, some lessons we could draw from 9-11 towards um, resolving conflict as a Muslim ummah and uh, moving forward. Oh, mashallah, there are, there are many lessons. The first one of the most important lessons yeah. I would say that we should all draw from 9-11 as Muslims is that mm. we must learn how to look within ourselves. I feel that, and this is true for any group, not just you know the Muslim community, but yes. I, I for our ummah specifically, mm -hmm. I feel that whenever there is a challenge, we are all ready to blame outsiders. We're all ready to you know look outside. You know that it's this group or it's that group. Mm -hmm. uh, we must learn how to be a reflective people, which is something that a lot constantly emphasizes in the Quran, you know, I have created, you know, signs in the world so that you may reflect, reflect on the signs of Allah. So we must learn to reflect inward with each of these tragedies, rather than getting ready to play the blame game, we must look within ourselves to see what is it within ourselves as individual Muslims and as a collective ummah, what is it within ourselves that we must change so that Allah will change our condition. Um, also, we really need to emphasize, along with inward reflection, the need for dialogue and the mm -hmm. need for healing. Um, you know, a, a lot of the response has been, you know, one convention after another, one conference after another. All of that is important, but what we really need is honest and peaceful dialogue amongst ourselves and in parallel an effort to continue that dialogue amongst people of other faiths you know people need to continue to know about us they need to see um and and make sure that you know our efforts for peace are visible which actually i think that we are our public figures are doing a very good job of mm -hmm. that so really um the, the most important lesson i would emphasize is the need to look inward Subhanallah, needing to live inward, you know, um, inspirational, I would really say. To serve. My eyes see injustice, my hands work for change, my tongue sing the sorrow of my heart. The love of Allah combined with hope, let's hold hands as we make a start. Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Welcome back, dear listeners of Radio Voice of the Cape 91.3 FM with your host Muhammad Sheikh. We have a very honored and distinguished guest all the way from the United States of America. The focus being Women's Month as well as Muslim females as being the integral part of our history. Professor Majida Khan. 
South Africans, we've also, we have many of our societies and communities, local communities that have people from various faiths, various, uh, you know, ethnic backgrounds, etc. And, you know, as part of leadership, it's very important, uh, I feel, that uh, one is acquainted with oratory skills, with writing skills, etc. You know, being a professor and uh, having achieved such, such a feat in your career, how important is it for the upliftment of our dean in terms of, uh, you know, being acquainted to speak well and to write well? Definitely, those are those are important qualities um, to to have if we want to pursue leadership roles as Muslims or as mm-hmm. people of um, a- a- any other belief. I mean, I really believe though that if we are to emphasize pursuing leadership roles, mm-hmm. the, the writing and the speaking, all of that is important. I'm, I'm I'm going to take a bit of a leap here, but I think before all of that, the core of it is we each must work on our hearts. Mm-hmm. We each must work on refining, purifying and strengthening our hearts and asking Allah directly that Allah, you have given me this role of Khilafah in this world. Mm-hmm. How best should I pursue it? The, the reason why I say this is because everybody has a unique and, dis- and distinctive way through which they must pursue their leadership role. Mm-hmm. Allah has designed a unique way for each of us. So for some, it might be through speaking. For mm-hmm. some, it might be through reading, uh, mm-hmm. writing. For another, it might be through um, teaching, teaching mm-hmm. young school children or teaching university children. Mm-hmm. Do, you, do you understand where I'm going with this? Absolutely, that yes. for, for each, there's a unique rule. The reason why I say this is because with the uh, advent of um, all the many public figures that mm-hmm. we have today, many young Muslims, we get the impression that the only way that we can serve the ummah is by getting up and being a public speaker or a public figure. And that is mashallah and wonderful, but it may not be the role for every single person. So that's why I really emphasize us working on our hearts, connecting directly with Allah and going on this journey of self-exploration so we can understand in what way does Allah call upon us in order to be a leader, whether that's through speaking or writing or any other avenue. Most definitely. Um, Women have played an integral part of our Islamic history since um, Hawa, the first woman in this world up to, you know, this current day and age, being the mothers of our ummah, the daughters, the wives, and uh, they forget the in-laws. But uh, subhanAllah, various roles that they do occupy and uh, show different responsibilities that, uh, you know, they do shoulder. What is important in striking the balance whilst adopting all these responsibilities? Most important in striking the balance is keeping our eye on the real purpose and the real big picture, which is that it all comes down to serving Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Mm-hmm. That is that is the core of it. When we when we lose that picture, we lose everything else. So like w- what I personally do is direct conversations with Allah with every new role or task or responsibility, directly asking Allah that Allah, do, do you wish for me to do 
this or am I just, you know, doing this out of my own nafs, my own desire? That direct conversation and seeking the direct guide, divine guidance from Allah. Personally, I have found a lot of benefit from that in um, creating that balance mm-hmm. and, and also just keeping my eye on the big picture, making sure that whatever role, task, responsibility I want to take will um, th- that it, it is in line with Allah's plan for me. And, and also realizing that it is okay to say no sometimes and we don't necessarily have to say yes to everything mm-hmm. because that's a very quick way to go out of balance. Most definitely. Uh, Professor Majida, I came across a wonderful article which um, you know really touched me. Um, an article which you authored and uh, was relevant to the life of your inspiration, Aisha radiallahu anha. One of the particular subheadings was titled Infusing Romance, a romance through the life of Aisha radiallahu anha. And maybe just like some imparting or parting advice to our wonderful youth out there who would like to emulate uh, Aisha radiallahu anha, especially our daughters and our future wives of the ummah. What advice can you um, impart to them in terms of the, uh, you know, romantic um, marital relationships, etc.? Uh, I'm so glad you asked this, Alhamdulillah, which this can be a whole one hour long conversation. <laughs> I'll try to be quick, though. Uh, actually, what I would like to emphasize is the reality and the romance found in the life and the marriage of Hadrat Aisha and Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him. See, I I grew up with the young generation. I grew up in the West. I know what it means to be um, constantly bombarded by Hollywood love stories, Bollywood love stories, and, you know, everything in between. Mm -hmm. And today, as a married woman, Alhamdulillah, what I realize is how much of a false message these give us about what is true love what is a true marriage what really is the happily ever after Mm. so my message to the youth is that if you want a reality check a Mm. true real and beautiful picture of what is true love what is true marriage what really is happily ever after Mm -hmm. study the life and the marriage of Hadrat Aisha and Prophet Muhammad before you yourself um, pursue marriage in your life it's a must you must educate yourself on um, on their uh, on the marriage life that he had with each of his wives that in itself inshallah can be an essential training in preparing for a successful um, marriage married life as a Muslim woman or a Muslim man. Professor Majida, we say a heart full. Jazakallah khair. Ahsanul jaza to yourself for availing yourself this evening and taking out the time to inspire us with regards to leadership, with regards to your inspiration, Aisha radiallahu anha. We only ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to grant you the absolute best in this world and the hereafter and to allow you to be an uh, absolute um, exemplary model of peace throughout the world, inshallah. Allahumma ameen, jazakallah khair and wayakum for your for your duas and for your time and I wish you and all the listeners inshallah all the very best As-salamu in this alaykum. world and the hereafter. Ameen, ameen, thumma ameen. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Wa alaikum assalam.